0: Welcome to the podcast. Today, we we talk again about this Dallas salon owner that is now going to jail for opening her own business. A remarkable story that is developing in a b- bizarre, unconstitutional way, it would seem, especially as Texas announces that salons can open up on Friday. They're putting up someone who opened their salon a couple days early in jail. All the people that are out of jail for uh, committing crimes, yet she's going in. Uh, Pat Gray joins us. He'll be uh, talking about that story as well as Arthur Brooks. He is on talking about how to, in the middle of a pandemic, maintain and maybe increase your happiness. Is that even possible? Uh, He has a great way of thinking about that. And Arthur Brooks is always really good. Uh, And we uh, have uh, Joe Biden, a new poll showing that a decent amount of Democrats want him replaced as the nominee. Is this actually reality? we'll get into that as well don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it also so search for stew does america uh, that's my show and uh, subscribe there as well uh you can use blaze tv.com glenn and use the promo code glenn for 30 bucks off they're getting rid of that offer soon so if you are interested in getting the 30 bucks off you might want to pull the trigger on that blaze tv.com slash glenn here's the podcast To the best of the Glenn Beck
2: program, Arthur Brooks. Welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Hello,
3: Glenn. How are you, my friend? I can't believe we haven't talked in so long.
2: I know, I know. And we just the last thing we said to each other is we've got to stay in touch, and it's been like six months. Um it's ridiculous. Yeah, i know are,
3: Every time I see you i'm like i, I feel, feel like I was separated at birth from this guy I Exactly exactly we're all in the same way right and we yeah. have the same values. yeah we do we we love right. america but we're not we're not uncritical we see what's we're, wrong and we want to make it right
2: we were we were we are both classically trained uh French hornists so <laughs> Oh no, that's you. I don't. No, that's that was just you. Um, anyway, so uh, Arthur, you are now uh, teaching at Harvard Kennedy uh, School, and uh, you're. What, what exactly is the class you're teaching? What is it you're teaching?
3: So I'm a professor of leadership at Harvard, and, and I span two schools. The Harvard Kennedy School is the policy school at Harvard, and, I, and the Harvard Business School is obviously HBS. is where people get their MBAs. And I teach classes in leadership uh, at the policy side. I teach classes in happiness at the Harvard Business School. It's the most incredible opportunity I've ever had. I just finished this super popular, very oversubscribed class called Leadership and Happiness to my MBA students right before they all had to leave and not come back.
2: Now, do the 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 does the school and the students do they know how much of a free market guy you are?
3: Well, I think you know most universities in America today they'll accept a free marketeer on a case by case basis. Right. Uh, okay, and and you know the the nice thing about it is I mean like most universities, Harvard University has you know most of the people pretty left leaning, but. What I love about it is a real—it's a real marketplace for ideas, and there's an appreciation for people who think differently. So I felt incredibly welcome. I love it. I have to say, I will. And my students are smart, and everybody mixes it up. It's fine.
2: There could not be a better. Uh, uh mascot or or champion of uh the free market and our system than you uh I'm thrilled that you're up there making an impact. Um I want to talk to you a little bit about an article that you just wrote on happiness uh and fulfillment because we have something that we're not really talking about one of the real unintended consequences of of what's happening with COVID is people are wildly lonely. Loneliest the the, according to research loneliest Americans have ever been Uh, and we have real fear uh, doubt people are going to be you know many people have already lost their job that just does horrible things to people so I wanted to talk to you about Mm -hmm. happiness because in this article you you said that there's there's three equations and I want you to take us through the three equations of of how we can get better
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and just to even back up a little bit, the loneliness thing is a really interesting problem because most of us, we leave our relationships up to our circumstances and and then, and then we can't, I mean, most of us actually feel good when we're with other people, uh, maybe not in a, you know, bustling party, but seeing other people, but we don't know why we feel good. And there's an answer to that. And the answer is that there's a neurotransmitter that's created by the human brain called oxytocin, not to be confused with Mm -hmm. OxyContin obviously, but they're actually similar (laughs) in so far as that oxytocin makes us feel physically good and when people are really lonely they'll take drugs because they actually want to substitute for it. This is one of the reasons that they found that 20% of active-duty troops in Vietnam were addicted to heroin, but when they, were, when they came back and they got their oxytocin in their brains, which came from contact with others, 95% spontaneously stopped using heroin on their first day back. This stuff is super wow. powerful. And when we don't take into account this oxytocin, this neurotransmitter, this hormone in the human brain, we're going to actually feel horrible So the the, challenge is, you know, for public policymakers and leaders is understanding that we have to make cost-benefit calculations where people are not going to become depressed and lonely, even if there's some risk to society. It's very important. And for the rest of us, we have to understand that and make decisions where we can get our fix of the oxytocin that God wants us to have.
2: So... Uh, I don't know if you uh, remember John Huntsman Sr., uh, but he was a friend of mine and, you know, grew up dirt poor, became a billionaire and a guy that really had everything, had a great family, had a great business, great reputation, more money than, you know. The Holy Family, but you know the Holy Family was poor, but um, I mean just had just had a lot, and you would look on the outside and you would say, this guy there's no way this guy couldn't be happy." and he was happy, he was fulfilled, but he taught me something one of the first times he kind of became a mentor of mine, and we yeah. were just walking around in his yard, his backyard, and and uh, he said, "So Glenn, how much is enough?" And I said, "What?" and he said how much is enough and now here's a guy who's walking around and we were on the side of a mountain that he owned and i said uh, i don't know i don't know and he said well you have to decide and you have to decide right now he said because when you get there you won't recognize it because it won't be enough so you have yeah. to recognize it now uh, otherwise yeah. you'll always be pursuing it
3: Yeah, that's right. And, and the, the key thing is that the key thing to remember is that there are basically four things that your brain is telling you to chase that are idols and they won't bring happiness. And there are four things you should be chasing. So here's basically, so I'll give everybody a second who's listening to us, all million that are listening to us right now, pick up a pencil. Okay. So the four things that your brain, that mother nature is telling you, you really, really want are money, power, pleasure, And fame. And fame means prestige or whatever. It means the admiration of other people, okay? Money, power, pleasure, and fame. Those are the things that mother nature. If you get it, you'll finally be happy, man. But they're wrong. They're idols.
2: Yeah, big time. They're
3: 180 degrees off of what you really want. Here's what you really want that'll actually give you enduring happiness. Faith, family, friendship, and work that serves others and where you can earn your success. That's it. That's your happiness portfolio. Those are the places where you're supposed to put your deposits. Mother nature, by the way, doesn't care if we're happy. I mean, notwithstanding this thing I talked about, this oxytocin in our brains, mother nature, she's like, yeah. yeah, look, it's famous. And you'll finally be happy. You'll be on the hedonic treadmill on the hamster wheel of life for the rest of your life. That's why John Huntsman said, Glenn, what's your number? Why? Because that's the only chance, if you can answer that question, to get off the treadmill.
2: hmm and it is it's again one of the reasons why i left fox is because i wanted i noticed that i was starting to want the fame and i knew because i'm an alcoholic i had already washed out once i knew these (laughs) things and as the minute i wanted it i i realized i'm going to destroy myself i mean and that's why people who are famous you generally will sell their soul or if they're powerful in Congress, they'll sell their soul because they want it and they just keep trading away the things of real meaning and value.
3: Oh yeah. No, it's fame is a really it's it's the worst of the four, by the way. So you can be quite yeah, happy battery and, acid. And with money with money if all but it, fame you can only ever be happy in spite of it. And yet, people really, really want it. And this actually comes from evolutionary biology. So evolutionary biologists will say that people want you know this ratio of people who know you versus the people you know. You want that to be really, really high because you're more likely, if you're you know, a troglodyte 500,000 years ago, you're more likely to get more baits. If you have prestige, the problem is in the current, in the current world, we've taken the ability to become famous to these incredible heights. You know, we can, you can, anybody can be a celebrity on YouTube if you just do it right. And so the result is that our brains are saying, get more famous, get more famous. And yet everybody you talk to who's achieved fame they'll say, I can only ever be happy in spite of it, but I keep running toward it. I can't, I mean, you have the presence of mind because you're actually somebody who has battled idolatry who has battled addiction. But these are, these are real addictions. Money, power, pleasure, fame. These are real addictions. You beat it once. And so you know what it looks like. You know what the monster looks like. And that guy, you know, it's like trying to get in your house all the time. So you say, hmm, yeah. "I'm going to go do something else." And it's—I really admired that when you did it because so I knew what you were doing because I, I knew you, and I said, "Boy, Glenn is really has presence of mind. This is this is—it was very adroit."
2: And it's really weird, Arthur, because our kids are—they're just pursuing fame. They, the YouTube, yeah. Facebook, they're—they're—all of society is teaching us the exact opposite um and it's encouraging it and they're looking for fame and i'm telling you i think you're you're absolutely right that it's the worst one it's battery acid to the soul and even when even when you when you recognize that as you as you become less famous or whatever you're, there's something in you that's like, don't, no, don't, no, no, no. And you know, oh, it's you're gonna crazy. Die. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's
3: really it's crazy. It really is. For sure. And most people, you know, even adults who are not trying to become YouTube stars, what they want is this admiration. So it's a it's a form of local fame called prestige. I want the right people to admire me. And it's just the admiration of people that people will they crave so much, and they work so hard to get. And, and you recognize that and it's, at the end of the day, the people who admire you—they don't care if you die. They
2: don't and care. It, and <laughs> if and if you if you—it's uh, it, why I think there are so many people that are unwilling to speak out on things like the Me Too movement. Me Too movement—it's good. It we need the balance. You know, we—it's made some good things, but it's also been just battery acid on on liberties and and justice and and truth and people will just line up to just parrot whatever it is because they don't want to lose their prestige they don't want to be a pariah nobody wants to be a pariah yeah
3: you want to it it tends to turn people into pleasers and you know i'm going to serve you know the, the trivial desires of other people it'll it'll basically take away your dignity in the end, because you know, it, you know whether Fox News or MSNBC or whatever, still these are profit-making organizations, and so they'll just try you yeah. out, man, again and again and again. They'll say they'll basically instrumentalize Clint Beck, and you're not an instrument. You're a human being. You're a child of God. You have dignity, and only you, at the end of the day, and a few other people, you know, your spouse, your kids, your friends, are the people who will stand up for your dignity. That's why when you stood up for your own dignity and said, I'm going to go my own way, I admired it so much. And, you know, each one of us, and most people were listening to you. I mean, they, they, they follow you. They admire you. They take your lead. They love your leadership. And they say, well, yeah, it well, it's different. I mean, Glenn and Arthur have a different kind of life than I do, especially Glenn. He's a big, famous guy. Every single person faces these decisions all the time. We yes. face these decisions constantly. Am I going to sell myself for a symbol of myself, or am I going to remember who yes. I am and 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 hue
2: to that. It's really important we, that all of us have this. We we sell our soul. We become that Hollywood star or whatever. Every time we edit a picture of our life or we take the perfect picture of our life and post it on Facebook and don't post what really is going on. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. you don't see your life a mess. Everybody is is skewing it, which makes things worse for you because you're not living that life. uh, And it makes it worse for everybody else because they're like, well, they're living that life and I'm not. It's horrible. Yeah, no,
3: so It's horrible. So you're setting up your, you're your, your advertising your fake life and consuming the fake lives of others. Yeah, I got something that's going to blow your mind, actually, um, on this, because I've been, okay, I've wait, been wait, doing wait. research on that. You got, we got to go, right?
2: The, give, yeah, give, it, give me one minute, and we'll come right back with what's going to blow our minds. Uh, more with uh, Arthur Brooks in just a second. The
0: best of the Glenn Beck program.
2: Voters three to one say the national media is not aggressive enough reporting Joe Biden's sexual assault allegations. When you look at another poll, a new poll out shows 26 percent now of Democrats want Joe Biden to be replaced because of this. Twenty six percent say he's got to go. So let's break this poll down here for a second before we get into the facts. 61% of Democrats believe that Biden appeared very credible or somewhat credible during his interview with Morning Joe where he denied the allegations. 61% of Democrats somewhat credible? six Only 61%? When you... When you have 40% of the American Democratic Party saying uh, he's not credible on this, do you have a viable candidate? Honestly, 26% of the Democratic Party would move to replace Biden after watching the video. 61% say they found his denial at least somewhat credible and should remain the nominee. The number includes twenty-eight percent of Democratic women. Uh only twenty-eight percent say that he should remain really. Younger women voters are the most likely to want Biden replaced as the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party. Forty percent of voters under forty five agreeing that she he should be replaced. Forty percent under forty five. And 15 percent of older voters say he should be replaced among general voters. So this would include the, the Republicans and the, the independents. If you don't get independence, you don't win among general voters. Only 41 percent say they found his uh, denials somewhat credible or very credible versus 38 percent that say it's not credible at all. This is going to be a problem because he's badly polarized um, on this. And, you know, when you have two candidates and they're both polarized, you don't usually make a change. You're like, I'm not going to change horses. I know what this guy is. And I may not like this guy, but I know what this guy is. And we're fine if you don't believe that you know we're fine under donald trump well then you're gonna vote for really probably anybody um but when you have two guys and one is joe biden and it's on the democratic party it exposes the democratic party for who they are it exposes the media for who they are and it would expose you i think there's i think there is 25 to 50% of the voting public, 50 nah, is too high, 25 to 35% of voters in America that would go, you know what, I, I just, I, I'm not going to sell me out. This is, it bothers me. And we'll pass on him. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, I think people will
0: overlook a lot when casting a vote here a lot of people have their minds made up on trump you know this is a pretty yeah. partisan country at this moment um you know we've been even seeing evidence lately of people coming out and saying i believe tara reed and her assault accusation but i'm still going to be voting for joe biden which is what are you saying about yourself when you're saying hey you know who would be okay for me to endorse as a candidate a rapist that is a uh, that's a it's a hell of a, a standard to
2: set for yourself. Yeah, if you believe, unlike, I mean, what Donald Trump said, you know, on that bus uh, years ago was really offensive, but that was really sick, over the top guy talk. Now, that doesn't mean that that didn't, did, did he, you know, he said that's what he did, but, you know, right. guys say a lot of stuff. Yeah. But this is the accusation is from a woman that joe actually did that uh and and then some (laughs) yeah Uh, i I know i mean that's a real problem i know of zero trump supporters who voted
0: for donald trump that believe those allegations that he committed sexual assault that you might have right. this idea that, oh, well, they're fooling themselves into uh, believing Trump. That's right. fine. But at least they're doing the work on that. Uh, you know, the Democrats at this point right. are like, yeah, you know, he's probably yeah, they, a rapist, but
2: I don't really like Donald
0: Trump. So uh, I'm yeah. going to vote for the rapist. And I think with, like there is Donald
2: Trump. It was I don't I don't like I don't like the way he talks. I don't like what he said. I don't. But it's not the allegation that was believable uh, of what Joe Biden is being accused of yeah i mean there it, is dif- a difference here there were allegations against trump as the the left likes to point out in these
0: moments but uh, you know look yes. you have to do your own work and try to believe what you believe um i think the issue here is a candidate as you get close to an election is you can't have major reasons for people to not vote for you in this environment and yes the democrats they'll deny this all day but the Democrats already have the idea in their head that Joe Biden doesn't seem capable of doing this job. That is already yes. there. They don't think Donald Trump is capable either. So it's they're able to hold on to their vote for Biden right now. But if you start piling these things on top of each other, he's incompetent. He may have actually sexually assaulted a woman and now is doing all the things that we said were terrible. All this scrutiny about her character, all these questions about her claims, all of these things that are going on now that you have set the standard that we're not these things should not even be allowed in polite society as of two weeks ago and now you're having to justify and backtrack on all these things that you said people hate doing that and so they're trying to find their little pathway into continuing to be able to justify this vote for biden and if you keep piling things like this on top of each other they're not going to be able to find it
2: Yeah, well, they they will find another reason. Nobody wants to admit that the standard that they've been holding up that has destroyed people's lives is the wrong standard. Nobody wants to be that wrong. Um, Only the real brave will. So they will find another reason. Uh, And it could just be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I mean, if you look at uh, the eight accusers in front of me, you have uh, Amy Cole... Uh, Helping run a reception for about 50 people in 2008, Biden arrived, she introduced uh, they introduced him to her, he leaned in squeezed her shoulders and delivered a compliment about her smile holding her for a beat too long. Um, Okay. I think he's just kind of a creepy dude uh, that doesn't that's not assault. Number seven, Amy Lapos, former congressional aide, uh, Democratic political activist, claimed that during the 2009 political fundraiser or fundraiser in Greenwich, he touched her inappropriately. She said it wasn't sexual, but he grabbed me by the head. He put his hand around my neck and pulled me in to rub noses with me when he was pulling me in. I thought he was going to kiss me on the mouth. I never filed a complaint, to be honest, because it was the vice president and I'm a nobody. Wow, is that a problem? Uh, Caitlin Caruso said four years ago, the age of 19, uh, survivor of sexual assault, spoke at an event on sexual assault, University of Las Vegas, when Biden was attending. Um, after she shared her experience of sexual assault, Biden rested his hand on her thigh. Even though he squirmed, she squirmed in her seat to show her discomfort, he hugged her just a little too long. It doesn't even really cross your mind that such a person would dare uh, perpetrate harm like that, she said. These are supposed to be the people that you can trust. Okay, so again, just inappropriate and possibly just a creepy dude, but not sexual assault. Also consistent with each um, other. Right. Like all these, yeah, all of these are, are very consistent. Yeah. And, and all of the pictures, mm-hmm. you know, of him sniffing hair and saying really creepy things to girls. But that again is you have to make the decision. Is that just an old man who this, cause this is his excuse. Look, I grew up in a different age, blah, blah, blah. I, I I'm sorry. I, even if I buy that grandpa, you know you can't continue to do that you know when everybody had somebody in their in their family growing up i mean depending on your age if you're at least my age you had somebody growing up uh, that was you know older in the 60s in the 70s uh, and they were still like you know talking about coloreds uh you know or whatever and You know, they may not have had any malice. It's just the world they grew up in. And at some point you were like, Grandpa, stop saying that. You got to (laughs) stop saying that, you know, and this time Grandpa's going to be the president of the United States. And we keep saying to him, hey, stop hugging people, rubbing noses with them and saying really creepy things to girls. He just won't stop. That's the problem. So then you have a former White House intern. She said she was there in 2013. She was trying to exit the basement of the West Wing when she was asked to step aside. Biden uh, approached her, uh, shook her hand and introduced himself during the encounter. She said, Biden put his hand on the back of my head and pressed his forehead to my forehead and said, what a pretty girl. Grandpa, stop. Uh, Lucy Flores uh, wrote an essay. She was working for Biden in 2014. Just before speeches, we were ushered to the side of the stage where we were lined up uh, for introduction. I was taking deep breaths and preparing myself to make my case to the crowd. I felt two hands on my shoulders. I froze. Why is the vice president of the United States touching me? I felt him get closer to me from behind. He leaned further in and inhaled my hair. I was mortified. I thought to myself, I didn't even wash my hair today, and the vice president is smelling it. And also, what in the actual F? Why is he doing this? She said, my brain couldn't process what was happening. I was embarrassed. I was shocked. I was confused. Um, Then you have the next accuser, Sophie. Sophie was one of 50 sexual assault survivors. She appeared on stage with Lady Gaga at the Oscars, blah, blah, blah. When met uh, and heard about her, you know, uh, her experiences, he responded by clasping her hands and leaning down to place his forehead against hers. The moment was photographed and went viral. Uh, She said he just crossed the boundary into my personal space at a very sensitive moment. He emphasized that he wanted to connect with people. And of course, that's important. But then again, all of our interactions and friendships are two way street. Too often, it doesn't matter how the woman feels. Okay, so all of those are things that you could dismiss. You could just say, "Okay, Grandpa, stop it. You could dismiss that. But those things added on top of what Tara Reid said and some of the other accusers now that are coming out, because there's a couple of other that 14 year old girl whose, I think, mother said, no, it was the wrong year, maybe. But remember, you, facts don't even matter. They didn't even know where the house was or anything else uh, with, uh, uh, with what's her name, on Kavanaugh. They, they had nothing. They didn't know the date. They didn't know the year. This 14-year-old girl said she was really uh, humiliated in lockstep with the others Tara Reads is the only one that steps out and is out of the norm uh, to where it's an actual assault. And it's a bad description of an assault. Now, the media won't tell you uh, um, both sides of this story. They won't look at this honestly and say, OK, so who is Tara Reid? What are the what are the conditions that have to be met, you know, to be credible Uh, who's Joe Biden and was he there? All of these things we've done uh, our homework and I can't give you an answer because I wasn't there, but I can give you both sides in an honest way so you can decide because nobody in the media is doing that. That's tonight, nine o'clock only on blaze TV. You can find blaze TV on Pluto TV. Uh, You can watch it live there at nine o'clock. You can also, that's free. You can also watch it on uh, our YouTube page, um at uh, nine o'clock but if you want to watch it at your own convenience and live blaze tv.com slash glenn this is the best of the glenn beck program this is the glenn beck program we're glad you're here thank you so much for listening uh i want to take you to a court in dallas yesterday Um, this is, uh, in the bizarre trial, uh, of, of a woman who just tried to open up her, her salon here in Dallas because she was about to lose her salon. Uh, she couldn't keep it closed any longer. And, uh, many of the stylists, uh, were really having a hard time finding enough money to be able to feed their families. So she opened it up last, uh, uh, last, um, uh, what was I say? Sorry, I'm so distracted on something else. Uh, she she opened it up last week. She got a cease and desist. Uh, she tore the cease and desist up and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I have a right to keep my shop open. She went to trial and <laughs> here's what the judge said to her yesterday. Listen to this
4: that you now see the error of your ways and understand that the society cannot function where one's own belief in a concept of liberty permits you to flaunt your disdain for the rulings of duly elected officials, that you owe an apology to the elected officials whom you disrespected by flagrantly ignoring and in one case defiling their orders which you now know obviously apply to you. That you understand that the proper way in which, an or- in an ordered society, to engage concerns which you may have had is to hire a lawyer and advocate for change, an exception or an amendment to laws that you find offensive. That you publicly state that this is the way that citizens in this state should behave. And that you represent to this court that you will today cease operation of your salon and not reopen until after further orders of this of the government permit you to do so. This court will consider the payment of a fine in lieu of the incarceration, which you've demonstrated that you have so clearly earned. Is there anything that you would like to say?
2: So uh, that's what she she had to do. Uh, and she responded with this
1: judge. I would like to say that I have much respect for this court and laws, and and that I've never been been in this position before and it's not some place that I want to be, but I have to disagree with you, sir. When I, when you say that I'm selfish because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision. But I am not going to shut the salon.
2: Okay, stop. So she she, he he wanted an apology. That's what he wanted. And uh, she's sitting in jail now today. Her attorney is with us. Warren Norred, uh, he is the attorney who was by her side yesterday. How, first of all, how is she today? Have you talked to her?
1: Not had a chance to talk to her. We're in the process of setting that up, setting her account set up. It takes a few minutes when somebody first goes to jail.
2: And Um, there's no, there's no bail,
1: right? no there's no bail uh, and so our, we have a remedy and the remedy is the, the sole remedy is a writ of habeas corpus and so we're in the, uh, in the process of writing that and then we'll file an emergency motion to set bail uh, before the supreme court and that'll i hope to have that filed this afternoon
2: so have you ever seen a judge say apologize or i'm sending you to jail I have never
1: seen that. You know, it reminds me of the that you got to bend the knee. You know, this is about right. heresy. This is not about the rule of law. You have stood before this court and, and found guilty of disrespect. Uh, it, even though, and it's one one thing is she was saying, no, I don't, I don't like you. I don't think that you have any authority. And and you know, but that's not it. it this is somebody is. She's a humble woman. She's had I you know in situations like this, you see a lot of egos go crazy. But she's been she's been great, and she understands where she is and. And she understands that she's at the tip of the spear. You know, she represents hundreds of people that are in the same exact boat because politicians are passing laws by executive authority instead of the standard normal procedure, that they're supposed to use. So they're not following the rule of law, but she's supposed to.
2: Right. And so because she didn't break a law, did she? I mean, it, it, these aren't laws that have been passed. What, what, what did they convict her on? Uh, this is a good question. They they
1: they say that she's breaking the the what they're calling an ordinance, but it's the fourth amended emergency regulations that's passed by nobody but simply uh, uttered by the mayor of Dallas, which is, and he gets his authority, supposedly, by leaning on the county judge, Clay Jenkins, who gets his authority, supposedly, by leaning on the executive order of the governor. So all of these people are passing up and down this this nebulous authority. When our Constitution, the state of Texas, says Article 4, Section 8, if you want to deal with disease threat, and it uses that clause, disease threat, in the Constitution, you call a special session. You make all the laws you want. It does not say what they're all doing is they're all going to the Disaster Act of 1975 that delegated a bunch of power in, in the case of emergency. Um, and it's, it's far it's far too far gone. And one thing it's one thing if we had this going for just a few seconds or a few days, uh, even a week or two. But now we're two months into this. At some point, we have to go back to the rule of law for the government, not just for us
2: i warren i have to tell you i i I don't know what's uh what's happening to us as a nation uh and I, i think we are headed for real trouble because it's one thing to say like you said for a couple of weeks and then ask people look we recommend that you do this and we just really need your cooperation and if they choose not to do it it's their right but We, these people are being forced out of business. She was only what six days early, ten days early. The salon's open tomorrow. And is it true that the the, the, go ahead. Well, see, the, the problem is that, or one of the issues is that, is
1: the governor and all these people that are making these rules, they look at it from the perspective of is, do you need a haircut instead of looking at the perspective of do people need money to live? You know, the, the ag commissioner came out and had a letter that said everybody who's in the flow of the chain of distribution of food is essential. Who's the last link on that chain? The person eating the food. So what about his job? Shouldn't that job be just as essential? They're all essential. And, and the problem is that is that you? The, the executives that are making these decisions are not thinking through what this really does to people, and so you get these strange uh, incongruities. You know, a liquor store is essential. A daycare, you know, where where three-year-olds are are eating each other's snot. That's essential, and you can do all that, but, but to say that a, a state-registered hairstylist has 1,500 hours, according to the state, uh, to learn how to handle their, their, her clients hygienically, it's impossible. No, that, we can't let that happen. We have to put people in jail before we allow people to earn a living. So that's the problem with, with law by executive order uh, when you don't do things right over a
2: period of time. And she was, she was operating safely. It wasn't a jam-packed salon. In fact, all of the, the hairstylists did not return. They were wearing masks, right?
1: Right. The general rule is wearing masks. Of course, what was really, what's tragically ironic is that the cops that come in, they weren't wearing masks the first time. She had to tell them, no, you've yeah, got to put mask on. They had to go back to their car and get the masks. So, yeah, this, this is, the, the rules are as I make them up as I go along. And and then we're going to decide uh, how to treat you if you don't bend the knee and and follow our rules. So it's a it's a natural consequence of not following the rules for the government, that they cause laws that force other people to look like they're guilty.
2: Is it true that the governor called her just a few days ago and talked to her about uh, how to open salons or did he have any contact with her at all? uh the there
1: the governor has had agents and I'm aware of this uh, that have talked to her and there's been some interaction between uh all of those folks i don't think that she actually talked to the governor himself but she did talk to the two agents of the governor and and the i know that the things that we've all talked about wound up being what the governor announced yesterday which was by itself still disappointing i mean what is the difference between today versus friday the problem is the governor's not looking at what's really going on there are hundreds of salons and gyms all over the state and a lot of them have called me you know that said, look, can you help me out because I've got this code enforcement guy that's that's coming by and harassing me all the time, um, and so those people are still left in the in the lurch for a while. Um, even today, even even with the newest order, you have 51% restaurants and, uh, and bars that could operate as a restaurant, but because they have the 51%, they're not allowed to operate as a restaurant. So what happened there? Well, you, people created an executive order. They're doing the best they can. They have a limited time, and they're making mistakes. And so all, the, all of the bar restaurants that could operate as restaurants can't operate, even though all the other normal restaurants can. <laughs> yeah, so so mm-hmm. you get these incongruities because you're not passing laws. If you want to pass laws, you call a special session, or you just stop doing that. The governor could also just say, "Look, everybody operates at 25 percent. Everybody operates at 25 percent." You know, because is, is every uh, is every daycare essential? Is is every Home Depot essential? Uh, all of these jobs, we need these access, we need access to all these organizations. But if he had simply said, look, everybody, look at your certificate of occupancy and whatever it says, take that number to 25% of it. That way you don't have to worry about, about your impact on churches because churches are impacted because that's, that's rational and you're not setting them apart. That way all the essential businesses are impacted. That way everybody can earn a living or at least make a, some attempt to hold on. But this picking and choosing where Condom Sense, for example, is allowed to operate because they put medical devices underneath their sign. I kid you not. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right. Right, That's a fact. Okay. So so liquor stores, full bore, do what you want. So it turns into a class snobbery. The vape shops... Oh well, sorry, even though you're consumer electronics, you, get to, you don't get to operate. So you get, you, you get this vague notions of, hmm, it seems like the businesses I like, liquor stores, because yeah, they sell right. my wine, they get to operate. But do you see liquor stores on the president's list or on the, on the governor's list? No, that's just something everybody's just decided. We like liquor stores. And so you know, there's no rhyme or
2: reason for it so warren where is this going to go where where, where, i mean i think we are headed for litigation against and investigations as well i mean our attorney general has already said it uh he's looking into all of these cases where's this going it's going to depend what i want everybody to do is to
1: remember this day and and the anger that we feel this day when it comes time to vote in november we we all get so agitated and you get the keyboard warriors, their man they're pounding out you know amazing sat you know pieces. But when it comes time for ordinary people just to do something as simple as go vote in in the November elections, in the city council elections that everybody is sleepy about, you know, ten percent turnout. Uh, these people have so much control over our lives that, uh, and we just go back to sleep. So people have to remember these times and figure it, and remember that. As far as this is concerned, we're going to file our our, our application for writ of habeas corpus, and we're going to try to get Shelly out of there as soon as possible uh, because you know she's a rock star, she's a real hero. I mean, it's people call all the time. It's the principle of the thing, and then you I know, say, well, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to go. You may have to go to jail, and well, I don't go to jail. And, and that's the end of it. And so I told her, look, you could go to jail if this goes awry. And she said, I, I have to do this. We've got to get going. She has a one salonist, uh, stylist that came in from Midland uh, because she was starving in Midland. But she saw that Shelley was operating. So she called Shelley and she came up and she was one of the chairs. Because mm. uh, they were all brave. Mm. You've got to show up. You're, you're, you're risking yeah, getting, I know. getting a, a ticket. There, I know another salon that called me, four of their people got cited. So these are all unsophisticated people. That they, they don't know what's going on. Happened to them? Or they, they could be put in jail for six months, and of course, so that's what this is all about: is just setting the stage and setting an example, making an example out of Shelley Luther, so that no everybody understands. If you stand up and say no, your rule of law is not your rule of law. It's not really even an ordinance. You are you are enforcing it a is, bunch of nebulous things. So, yeah,
3: yeah, that's you got
1: to stand it, it, up. It
2: is it it's uh it's astounding what is happening because as you say, it is not law.